You're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle with Mela Borowski. Thoughts from a Southern Witch. Should have studied witchcraft. Should have learned to ride a broom. So me and my black cat could fly through the skies underneath the moon. Hey, y'all. I'm Mella Borowski, and you're listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. Thanks for being here with us today. We've got another episode in our Southern Dialogue series, and today our guest is Thomas Moon Eagle. Thomas is a shamanic practitioner, an artist, author, Reiki master, and a teacher. He is a Sifu of Southern Chinese Tai Chi. His journey started with interest in divination, then progressed into various forms of meditation. He studied various esoteric practices and holistic approaches to self-empowerment. Currently, he's working towards certification in Qigong. He has two YouTube channels, one focused on Tai Chi and Qigong, and the other focused on spiritual healing. And he's also the author of the book, Drumming Down the Runes, Walking the 24 Roads, and he is the creator of the meditation album, Chords of Light. Welcome, Thomas Moonigo. I'm so excited to chat with you about some really important topics. Thank you so much for having me today. So let's go ahead and start with psychic protection. Mm-hmm. Why is this important? And is it important for everyone or just sensitive people? I think it's important for everyone, but if you're particularly psychically sensitive, it becomes even more important. So you know, certain things bother other people more than other, you know, certain things. But if you're, it's sort of like um, if you have a food sensitivity as opposed to a food allergy, it becomes mm. really important to be vigilant. And that's kind of how I look at, you know, we all have certain sensitivities. All, all of us do have psychic awareness and gifts, even if it's very subconscious. So it, it'd be like walking into an area with a lot of uh, airborne pollutants. That's why it's kind of, you know, important to clear out our space okay. and clear out, you know, our, our own energy field uh, because we, we pick stuff up. It's just sort of like, you know, when we go out, someone coughs or sneezes, we pick something up. You know, we wash our hands, we do all the things that we would do to protect our physical body, but it's equally important to protect our mental space. And it doesn't always have to be very, you know, big or blatant, but if you're around certain people, you know, we've, we've, this, we've thrown around the terms a lot lately of toxic people or toxic relationships. Mm-hmm. And that's a very, I would say, mundane way of looking at psychic protection in a way that everybody across the board, whether they're into a more spiritual paradigm or not, uh, we all collectively understand what it's like to be around certain types of people uh, and how what they're putting out affects us. Okay. So it sounds like even if you're not an empath, even if you're not highly sensitive, you still need to care about this. Yes. I, I think you need to be guardian of your own space and make sure that you know that your mental space is taken up with your thoughts and your focus rather than what other people are projecting and we can see this another good like uh, everyday worldly example is marketing and advertising that we're like bombarded with with social media and they've done lots of studies that your social media feed can be used to manipulate how you're, what you're feeling and what you're thinking. Mm. Uh, so it's really important to be mindful of what we're feeding ourselves mentally as well. 
Any practical advice on creating this psychic protection? Sure. I, I think it's really good to disconnect uh, occasionally. And I've been, I, I know a lot of us have been really not great at that lately because we've been isolated physically. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so uh, technology has kind of been our, our lifeline to one another at this time. But it's also a good time to take time and space away and really quiet the mind because you, you start to think, you know, where did that thought come from? And like, that doesn't feel like me. Uh, because we do, we're, you know, we're social creatures and we pick up attitudes and thoughts and ways of seeing things from the people around us. And we need to be very clear, you know, what's mine and what's not mine. And it doesn't matter whether you're empathic or not, this happens to everybody to some degree. Mm. So it's really important to like, have a clear sense of where your what your center is and, and being grounded in what you know what's going on in inside of you uh, i think that's that's the most important thing because um one of the things that i find is that when you're connected to your own center it's really much harder for you to be knocked off and to be kind of pushed away and it's a lot easier yeah. for you to claim your space and your power and that works whether you're talking about another human being that you're, you know, pushing against or who's pushing against you, or if you're talking about a spiritual entity. And I actually prefer the entity because it's a lot easier to deal with that. Mm. Um, they don't, you know, they don't drunk dial you. They don't, you know, True. <laughs> post, all, they don't, they don't, uh, you know, hate post on your feed. They don't do all yeah. those things. And you know, if you just banish, banish something from your space and you're standing in your power, it's got to go, right? Right, yeah. Uh, whereas if you make someone who's in, in, inhabiting a body disappear, you know, someone's going to be knocking on your door and asking questions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So <laughs> it's a lot easier <laughs> to deal with entities. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. When I was watching one of your healing videos on YouTube and it was on releasing trauma energy, I, I felt such gentle yet the strong power from you and you have a really soothing voice as well what prompted you to start creating these healing videos well let's see i started my first channel in way back in 2009 and silly me you know i just thought oh i'll just start a youtube channel and you know <laughs> everyone will follow it and it'll be great and having no idea what i was doing um I didn't start with healing videos. I thought I'll just stop talk about spiritual topics and get noticed. Well, that didn't happen. Uh, so, <laughs> as a lark, I sort of did like this little Reiki experiment video, which was the first time where I, I was like, well, I wonder if I can send it through the computer, right, to see. And lo and behold, it worked. And that's what people responded to. And mm -hmm. so I was like, well, this is what people seem to want from me. So I'll do more. And so I did more like that that's how that kind of grew. And what's interesting is that when people work with me professionally, a lot of times it's YouTube where they've first seen me. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's been sort of my, it, it's, it, it does two things, you know, it's a nice give back to the world because it's, it's basically a little free energy, mini sessions kind of, yeah, yeah. but it also shows people it's like, this is what I do. Do you like it? Okay. Well, come and work with me. Me. and yeah, you know exactly. so it's also an advertisement in a sense but it's it's a sample it's a free sample basically <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah exactly how do you choose 
your topic? Is it according to what's going on in the world or is it something that you just get this feeling that it's needed? I, I'd say both of those things. And sometimes people request them. Sometimes people request something that's so incredibly specific. I'm like, yeah, that's not really a video topic. That's more of a personal session. Yeah, yeah. Um, because I want to, I want to be able to reach a wide uh, audience of people and be helpful to a lot of people. So I try to generalize the topics. I mean, right now, the reason for the trauma energy uh, video is because I, a lot of us, and myself included, are carrying a lot of trauma from the past several years we've had very tumultuous events they're still ongoing and um, you know that builds up in the system and it, it really does if I, I notice myself being more reactive and less well you know just biting biting off people's heads you know a little more yeah. frequently than I normally would and going you know why is this you know why am I reacting so with such so much volatility and it's yeah. because you know I've used up kind of my reserve and I've got this, you know, trauma energy that has no way to get out and be released because, you know, right now, as for many people, things that I would do normally to kind of recenter and reconnect is something that I can't do. And a lot of us can't do that either. So we're having to navigate without being able to do a lot of the restorative things because we're separate from our communities physically right now. Yeah. What would be the definition of someone saying, I don't really understand what trauma energy even is? What What is trauma energy? Well, I mean, trauma is basically when something has left a mark on your energy. I, I look a lot about, you know, PTSD when you're more reactive because you're reacting out of the pain or the wound mm -hmm. that you've experienced. And so everything seems a bit more heightened. So your response is out of proportion to what actually has happened. Okay. And that's because something traumatic or, you know, very painful has happened. And then that just, that sparks and lights the same reaction, even though it's not the original event or it's not as bad as what, you know, originally causes that wound. Yeah. So it does build up. So we, we tend, we're reacting out of what's happened rather than what's happening. Okay. Is that related to soul loss at all? It is. A lot of times, um, so in, in shamanic cultures and worldviews, this idea that we can lose pieces of ourselves, lose pieces of our spirit and our soul. And that happens a lot of times in response to a traumatic event. You know, we're shocked and, you know, part of us just can't deal with the pain or you know, the suddenness and we splinter off and part of us will go someplace maybe where it feels safe um, or go to somebody else or, you know, just hide away in a little pocket realm until the coast is clear. And a lot of times that piece will come back, but it just depends if we've not, if we've not dealt with a lot of um, the original things that bring about that shock and that trauma, if we don't feel capable of really nurturing that essence and a lot of times it won't come back without us doing a lot of personal work and one of the challenges that we've got right now is that there's things a lot of times you'll have to say I'm gonna do this for you when you bring a piece back and a lot of things that that piece wants right now are things that I can't deliver mm -hmm. uh, I want to go out and have you know have a party with my friends or I want to go out and you know hug people and yeah. 
it's lacking that touch. And so we're in a different, it's a different um, set of challenges right now because, you know, we're just having to say, I know that's what you need and what you want, but we can't get to that right now. So what can we do for you? Hmm. Is this something that is pretty easy for someone to heal on their own? Or uh, do you offer services where you could help somebody with this soul loss? That's um, one of the primary things that a shamanic practitioner will do is to help people bring back uh, the loss aspects of themselves. Mm-hmm. And it can be very subtle or it can be um, quite spectacular. I, I, I had a friend who was um, going through very uh, traumatic health crisis and they late, subsequently died from that mm. uh, months later. But, you know, they were kind of between one visit and the next it's like you know they became a zombie you know just sort of face and it just happened to be a, a very strong emotional interaction they had with the family member that didn't agree with their their treatment and so I was because I, I was like what's going on with this person and I asked their their spouse and they told me it what had happened and I said oh I know it's that that's they one of the pieces there they're just checked out because that was just too jarring for them mm-hmm. and so we you know set aside like a half an hour um, did the work and they just popped off off of the bed and they were like started chatting away like their old selves oh, wow. and it was just literally like night and day and it can yeah. be like that it can be like particularly if you've had a huge piece or a lot of solos um, you'll experience as anxiety, mm. um, increased anxiety. And I know a lot of us are having that right now. Yeah. So, I mean, but, but to have that sort of just settle down where you feel just ah, calm yeah. is one thing that can happen with that. So there was a blog post of yours that I read called Fear Shaming, and it really mm-hmm. resonated with me. And I, I often speak on how the positivity movement can become like, toxic and, and you can become more inauthentic. Like I, I'm all for positivity. I do hypnosis and then I do use positivity and affirmations. Mm-hmm. But when I was reading your blog, I really was thinking about that. So would you talk about fear a little bit? Fear shaming? Sure. I think years and years ago, I read a book uh, called The Gift of Fear. Hmm. And it was really an interesting idea that, you know, it differentiates between fear and worry. Mm. So fear is a physiological response to the presence of danger or the perceived presence of danger anyway. And so for that reason, there's so much, um, don't be afraid. Don't, you know, fear is the enemy. Fear is this. Well, fear is part of our biological makeup to try to keep us alive. And it, it is a call to action. Now, for some of us, our fear response is to freeze mm. or to fight or to flee. You know, that I think our response to it is really where we have to do our work. Mm. So we're like, oh, there's something going on and I don't feel safe. Okay, what do I need to do? Mm. Is there something to do? But a lot of uh, that, that sort of positivity culture, as you want to call it, wants us to just gloss over and not talk about that and just, you know, focus on something else. Yeah. Well, I mean, 
there are times where it's like, okay, this is too overwhelming. I need to focus on something else. Right, right. But there's also when, you, if you just bury that emotion, it just doesn't go away. I mean, it's still there, and it's still when you when you shove it down, you're shoving it down more into the subconscious, and there from the subconscious, it can pull strings, and you don't know that it's doing it because it's below your conscious awareness, and so that becomes more dangerous than just acknowledging you know what you're afraid of yeah i have lots of fears <laughs> i've always been a scary cat what can i say um and you know but there has been you know real you know in the past year i've had a lot of people shame me for you know expressing uh my fears or you know i've called off events mm-hmm. before you know all the lockdowns happened and people were like well, what are you doing and i was like i'm trying to save people's lives Right. And they're like, well, I don't think it's, th- I think you're wrong, but whatever. I, I think it, what, what makes it different for me is that I had spent 11 years helping to care for an elderly grandparent who thankfully uh, passed away before all this happened. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was in that mindset of thinking about what my actions would do to somebody else yeah. and to care. And, and a lot of people who aren't in a caregiver mode that takes some practice for them. Uh, so, I mean, it just, it, it's very difficult. I mean, it's difficult. We're in a difficult time. And I think it's yeah. important to acknowledge that and to, you know, say, I didn't get anything done today. Oh, well, I'm still here. And um, what I've, I've been practicing what I call productive non-productivity mm. or being productively non-productive, uh, which has actually worked out pretty well I mean it's, it's, it's funny because I've actually gotten more things done oh wow <laughs> by not trying to get things done <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't have that pressure on yourself I guess yeah so it says you know my bio artist you know so I have a clay studio in my basement which I haven't worked in since the fall mm. um because my it's, right now it's winter we've got snow on the ground outside it's very cold and my energy level tends to bottom out in the winter. So right now, um, I'm not pressing myself to get down in there and make something. Yeah. I've actually been reading a lot. I've been writing. I started a writer's group for some friends. And I think it's interesting that people say, oh, so you're going to market and sell your stories and do this. And I was like, you got, you step back. And I think a lot of us ha- are in this mindset of we've got to do something with what we what we make. Right. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm writing right now to stay sane and to be creative mm-hmm. and to enjoy it. If later down the line it turns into something, wonderful. Right. You know. But I, I think all of these things, it, it's interesting because some of the people, the best in the spiritual fields are people who really acknowledge um, the psychological half of working with spirit mm-hmm. it's not just about manifesting what right. you live in my best life right i mean I, yeah. I can't tell you how many times in the past year i've seen living my best life and i've just proposed i'm like i am not living my best life right, right now <laughs> it's not that time <laughs> it's not that time i am living a life mm-hmm. sometimes not so well and sometimes i'm doing things that i never thought i would be able to do and you know yeah. that's that's part of it I think positivity culture tends to think that you can control everything yeah 
I think that is the real danger in this idea that you control everything. And so I've often gotten into arguments with people who are really, you know, fundamentalist law of attraction people. And mm, yeah. there, there are good parts of the law of attraction. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there, but I think like with any ethos, once you start to get more interested in the idea than you do with how you are interacting with others, that's when it's a problem to me. So, because that, and that's shared across all spiritual traditions. When we get more invested in our ideas than how we treat each other, Mm -hmm. um, it's not good. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And that's one of the things that's been coming to me. It's like, you know, I have ideas, I have beliefs. It's like, but I should not let those get in the way about how I'm treating people. And sometimes I do because I'm a human being. <laughs> right, exactly. But I, I think, yes, I, my, my, my take on how energy and our conscious creates things is that it's a, it's a collective effort. So we have what we call collective or consensual reality. The things that most of us can agree on, oh, the sky is blue, you know, uh, it's raining outside or it's not, um, depending on where you are. You know, oh, I got this job. You know, things that other people can sit there and verify with us. That's mm-hmm. our consensual reality. We also have our personal internal reality and how we view things. But if we want to affect consensual reality, you know, we do have a part in that. But, you know, it's not just between us and spirit or creator or the universe, or however you want to put it. It's between us, that great power, but also everyone else has a little say in it too yeah so the world that we see around us that you know when we look at the larger world is what i call an average of everybody's creative input mm-hmm. um, so we're all collectively creating this so when we look at problems of the world and you know go oh i guess i created this well <laughs> <laughs> a tiny bit maybe you know yeah. or maybe you were just outvoted i you know as far as what the other group intention was right it's it's really an averaging you know and a lot of uh, practices when they talk about you know wanting to bring something into into being they talk about practice of being silent don't go around telling everybody what you're doing what your intention is mm-hmm. because then you're bringing in whatever their input is mm-hmm. into it which might not be what your input is yeah it really reminds me of the law of cause and effect because i think there is a lot of danger in this idea that every single thing that happens in my life i have attracted that to me like i had a friend who got in a car wreck and she went why how did i pull this to myself well maybe it was just a law of cause and effect and you were in the wrong spot at the wrong time and it was not it wasn't something you pulled to yourself the world is still turning and it's everything's connected in this web so that kind of I kind of see that in what you just said with a consensual reality. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of connected to that? Yeah, it is. Uh, and I don't want to, you know, I'm not trying to say, oh, you know, you have to have responsibility to your life. I'm not saying that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but I, I've seen, you know, as fear shaming, I've also seen victim shaming when people have had mm-hmm. something truly terrible happen to them, which they didn't cause. Someone else brought in as was the causing agent. Yeah. You know, and I think it, it, it's sort of like, oh, you got attacked. Oh, well, you know, 
what were you doing? You know, what were you thinking at the time? What were you? I was like, um, exactly, yeah. I wasn't thinking about that. I was thinking about, oh, look, I'm gonna go to the movies later, or I can't wait for dinner, or blah blah blah. Yeah, because, <laughs> and then this <laughs> happened. Yeah. And I think you know, it, it just we. It, it's important to take responsibility for what we're doing and our energy and our choices, mm-hmm. and also to realize that we are not responsible for other people's behavior. Mm, yeah. And particularly their bad behavior. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I have a beautiful little book called Earth Medicine, Ancestors' Ways of Harmony from Many Moons by Jamie Sands. And I'm going to read a poem out of it called The Acceptance of the Whole Self. The balance and acceptance of all parts of the whole come when we can honor the lessons in every role. The shadow reflects the lessons of every denial we hold. The mind can thwart or assist, choosing to encourage or scold. The body reacts to all thoughts, whether they hinder or aid, Free will determines the outcome as we choose to love or degrade. The spirit watches in silence, nurturing the eternal flame, counting the losses and victories of the will versus shadow game. The playing field of Mother Earth with the worlds of spirit unseen affords a multitude of choices, lessons for every human being. Wholeness to each is different finding balance without denying that peace comes from acceptance, from truth, instead of from lying. I also watched one of your videos. It was called A Year of Prayers for 2020, I believe. Mm -hmm. It was really inspiring. Can you tell us about your prayer ceremony and how you developed that? Sure. I've been doing that for at least seven years now. I've lost track, like about mm. when exactly I started. I think it was 2013. At the latest, it was 2014 when I started doing a weekly ceremony. And it started because one of the people in on the local shamanic groups had done a presentation at one of our groups at, about the blessing way. Uh, because mm. when she was a little girl, she would go out to the Four Corners regions and she would stay with the family of Navajo and they taught her to sing the Blessing Way. And so she presented that and she sang the Blessing Way for us uh, at a meditation. It was beautiful. And as she was closing that sort of class, she said, now you can go home and you can create your own ceremonies, your own prayer ceremonies, your own Blessing Way in a sense. And as little things, you know, little pebble falls down the hill and causes an avalanche. (laughs) I will often say, you know, things just pop. Mm. You know, there's like a pop in my awareness, you know, Mm -hmm. like something stands out. It's sort of if you see omens, like, you know, me, it's like road signs, license plates, like Mm -hmm. whatever's playing on the radio wall. All of a sudden there'll be just not a, not like a, you know, pop sound, but just like a mental pop. Yeah. Like it just like comes crystal clear. It rings in my head for a moment. And it's just like, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And that was like, 
I should do that. I should create a, you know, a, a practice then. And so I went into, it's like, well, you know, I have a mesa, which is a stone altar, a stone altar. It comes out of the South American descendant from the Incan tradition from one of my shamanic teachers. And I was looking for ways to use that more, you know, to get more involved with that practice. And I thought, well, you know, I can open up my mesa every week and then, you know, rattle, take my rattle and pray basically mm. and send those out. And so that's how that started with this small, like a group of like a dozen or so people on that list. Mm. And it was very, very simple ceremony to start with. I mean, that was it, open the mesa, arrange it until I thought it was where it needed to be and then rattle for a few minutes, list all the people on it and send them out and Bob's your uncle. Mm -hmm. uh, and then over time that list grew and to the point where now it's on, I've got people on six different continents, wow. you know, <laughs> that are on that list. <laughs> but it evolved, you know, from my interaction with other different types of practitioners. Mm -hmm. um, speaking with, I've, I've got a friend who uh, practices hoodoo mm -hmm. and, you know, and speaking with them and how they honor, you know, the spirits that work with them. And that really inspired me to start at the beginning of my ceremony you now, I spend like probably 15, 20 minutes going through every single spirit, you know, that I have or power that I've worked with and thanking them so that I'm starting that and I'm saying thank you. And I'm saying thank you every week, mm -hmm. you know, to all those beings that have shown up for me that have, as I say, done me a solid, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I absolutely. Like that. I like, usually like, you're getting mentioned, buddy. <laughs> And it takes a while because that list has grown. Just like the list of recipients of that prayers have, have, have grown. But what I, one of the things that I, I guess, adopted from uh, that the blessing way that my uh, friend had sung is she's she's you know when she would send out a prayer she would say to you and all your relations and I add that. Mm, yeah. So I, I'm really grateful to have been impacted by that tradition, but I've also been impacted by the Mesa tradition. I've been impacted by, like I said, my friend's voodoo tradition and how that mixes in myself. Uh, and several years back, I just started, on, I do these on Friday. Um, it's the day I just set aside for them. And just a prayer focus came in, you know, particular like, oh, this is what I'm praying. And I would send that out and I was amazed I sent out the email and like, a, you know, 20 people emailed like, how did you know I needed that? And I was like, well, wow. I didn't, but th <laughs> <laughs> thanks for letting me know. Mm -hmm. It's usually something that I need, or, but sometimes it'll be, you know, topical, uh, you know, that I just know I'm looking around like, oh, everybody seems to be struggling with this. Okay, boom. Um, sometimes people will request a particular predator on the list and I'm like, sure, I'll put it up there. Uh, so. But that's been a very centering practice for me. Mm -hmm. It's become foundational and it's very, very simple because I wanted to design a ceremony that I could do no matter how awful I felt. <laughs> yeah, that's important, yeah. <laughs> so if I'm sick as a dog, I'm, I know that, I mean, I don't have to open the mesa, it can be closed. I can yeah. just shake my rattle for a few minutes and normally I would, list every spirit individually and but they know that i have a body i'm like i'm sorry guys i'm not feeling but all of you thank you so much and then yeah. whatever the prayer focus is that and send it out and instead of going through all my list of groups of hundreds of people 
mm-hmm. just going everybody on my list for you and all your relationships <laughs> so, yeah. so and then but sometimes <laughs> that ceremony can last an hour if i get uh-huh. super duper into it uh it it just it, it goes with me it goes with my energy but i have been consistent with it for seven years now at least mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm that's something that's been amazing to me that i've stuck with it yeah <laughs> yeah i think that's so important that you said when you are not feeling that good you can shorten it a little bit and and the intention is still there i think that's something that the listeners really need to take the heart because a yeah. lot of times they'll say oh i don't have i don't have an hour to give today and then they won't do it at all just do something yeah i mean i've i've played with a daily practice too and it's sort of fallen by the wayside the past few months and mm-hmm. One of the things I said when I started, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to beat myself up if I miss this a day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll just at some point jump back in and, and and do it like that. And I found that by giving myself that little out, I'm, I'm more consistent with it. Yeah. And also, you know, again, some spirits forget that you have a body and forget what that's like or they've never had one mm-hmm. and don't understand energy levels or just being worn out or just being devastated emotionally by something (laughs) because I will tell you one of the most powerful prayer ceremonies I've done I was sobbing you know Mm. for a whole hour I'm just I don't even remember what it was about I was just I just shaking the spirit and and normally I'm saying thank you and I'm like I'm sorry I'm 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 just here I'm showing up I'm showing up I feel like crap I'm shaking my rattle for you. This was the the gratitude portion of the the, the ceremony. You know, I'm mm. sitting here. I'm going to the Earth Mother. I'm like, I I'm still showing up. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just bawling, and, and you know, it, it's and then people like will really respond to that ceremony. They're like that was the most beautiful Mesa mm. and blah blah. I'm like, really? Because I was ugly crying through the whole <laughs> thing. And <laughs> emotion just makes I mean makes that energy and power level sure go up. It well yeah, and I I think again you know one of the things I had to unlearn, particularly as working with more and more clients, is that client cries. That's not necessarily bad. In fact, that could be really really good. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, and you know having a release because when I I remember calling in spirit that I've called in for many people for healing. Uh, a very powerful mountain spirit and then they showed up for me and were so gentle with me and I just broke down in tears because I I was like I knew they'd show up if I called them to help somebody else right Mm -hmm. but I'd never called them for me Mm -hmm. and I was and I cried because they showed up for me Wow. and I you know it I think a lot of practitioners had that same thing that they could do anything for anybody else mm-hmm. they could call in they could call down lightning if it meant to protect somebody or do but if for themselves yeah uh that's where they're like i don't know maybe yeah. good point <laughs> yeah, but... <laughs> yeah that's true <laughs> so i mean that i find you know a lot of times you cry sometimes for grief but sometimes it's because you know all of a sudden somebody has offered you something that you really, really needed and you never expected to get. And it just fills you up to the mm. point where like, it just washes through you, yeah. you know? So being in witchy communities, 
oh my gosh, I must see nearly every day on one of the communities I'm in that somebody is posting about having a curse on them. Yep. What's your view on curses? I have, uh, well, I, you know, the big C and the little C, you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll explain. Uh, there's a quote uh, that I like from the Wondering Oracle that says, a curse is a lie that we believe about ourselves. Mm. And for most things, that's the little C, but it can turn into the big C. And you'll understand when I, when I explain. So a lie about ourselves, and I'll give you some examples. Here's one. You're never going to amount to anything. No one's ever going to love you. If you don't do this, no, you're never going to make it. Blah, blah, blah. And you can just fill in the rest from your own personal life and experience. <laughs> you know where I'm going with this? I have heard all those. <laughs> you have heard all of those. Um, and more. <laughs> and more. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes from, you know, people that were supposed, supposedly supposed to protect us or Absolutely. loved us. And I think those are the most damning curses mm -hmm. because it comes from a trusted source. Right. And so if you believe in the fact that no one's ever going to love you or you're not good enough it will color every choice that you make every interaction will be viewed through that lens and uh, I can tell you it's worse than if somebody did like call up you know whatever and put an X on you yeah you got that right the other part of that is all those little curses make great fodder for the big scenes when someone actually does you know call up energy structure it maybe even bind a spirit into it and mm. throw it your way well then all those little seeds act like little hooks in your energy field almost like velcro so it sticks to it right oh wow yeah the nice thing is like if you've done your personal work well and i'm still doing mine it's like your your energy field is sort of like you know teflon it's like <laughs> people throw stuff at it. It might knock you off balance a little bit, but it's not going to stick, right? Some days better than others. <laughs> Some days better than Again, we all have our personal variances. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, teaching Tai Chi, I, you know, I talk about balance a lot. And I say, you know, some days your balance is going to be better than others. And, yeah. you know, we all have that natural variance. We all have the natural variance in how energetic we're feeling. Yeah. You know, our moods, everything. Uh, you know, we. We know a lot from research about the female cycle. Well, men have a cycle too. Mm -hmm. um, it's not as well studied. Mm. A testosterone cycle. When that T is low, we're irritable. Mm. <laughs> and sometimes when I'm really irritable, I'm like, I want my testosterone's low today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is the moon full? <laughs> is the moon in Scorpio? Mm. I was born under that sign. That's why okay. my name is Moon Eagle, right? Okay. And. Um, yeah, I don't know. I was like, the moon must be in Scorpio because I'm feeling stuff. I'm feeling the fire in my loins and I'm a little <laughs> bit squoofy, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, I, that, you know, sometimes that happens, right? Um, mm -hmm. But you know, we have seasonal patterns too. So, I mean, yeah, all these yeah. things affect us. And I've, I've been under the little C and under the big C's. And the big mm. C's do exist. Yeah. But I, I find that they're a lot more rare. Yeah than most people think and if you are connected to someone who knows what they're doing they're a lot easier to get rid of than those all those little c's that Absolutely. we've probably grown, grown up <laughs> I with agree. i mean yes yeah, like, give me an entity any day i'll banish the fuck out of it all right 
I, I actually made like this idea in my head, like monsters are afraid of me. And I was like, that's a good thing to emulate. Like that idea that monsters are afraid of me. Yeah. Uh, it's a, that's a good belief structure. Yes. Oddly enough, people bring me their kids. Uh, so monsters might be afraid of me. Little kids, not so much. So <laughs> I'm, I'm fine with that, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When I go in to cleanse a home or a land and I get called to do that a lot, I kind of put on this persona that I am the most powerful creature walking onto this property. Yeah, I that's that's I think that's a good that's yeah, it's like the whole of monsters are afraid. I don't really yeah. think that monsters are afraid of me. They're afraid of what I might bring to the table. Mm. Like I said, I I, I I thank a lot of spirits every week. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, they got your back. They it's it's not so much that they're afraid of me. They're afraid that I'm gonna call my buddy up on the phone and be like yeah, so-and-so is being a brat. Could you come out here? And, you know, they're coming out with their big uh, their big club and carrying them off to the ancestors to be dealt with. Yep, yep. I absolutely hear you. And, and so it's, again, because I used to get into that, like, where I'm right in the front of it. And I'm like, no, you will not. And I'm like, you know what? I'm not going to handle I'm not going to sit here and argue with you. Mm. Hey, blah, 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 blah. Come in and this person is being a problem. Can you please remove them? And I'm like, I don't make it a battle, you know? And mm -hmm. even if something's being nasty, I first try being kind, you know? I'll, I'll be mm -hmm. like, um, this is not an appropriate place for you to be. If you need something or you need to go somewhere to get what you need, we can we can take care of that for you, but you can't stay here. Yeah. And then I ramp up if I need to ramp up. But sometimes you don't even need to ramp up. They're like, oh, you mean there's someplace else I could be? Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had one spirit one time who all she was worried about is that the people who were living in the space that she had been living in would, was going to take care of her plants outside. And once they said they'd take care of her plants, she was gone. Yeah, I mean, it's sometimes it's just a, a little negotiation. But I don't usually get called for those simple things. I, mean, <laughs> I, usually, I don't know how it happened, but if it's in, in this region... If it's scary and dark and no one wants to touch it, my phone will be ringing. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I get those calls too. <laughs> yeah, I sort of like, I know a lot of other practitioners that know this person. And, um, okay, I guess we're doing that today or rent to the universe. Okay, we'll, we'll be out there sundown. I don't know. You know, it just depends. But I used to get more upset about it. But as I've become less combative mm -hmm. uh, and more like, because some people will treat it like battle magic, right? Mm -hmm. And I used to be one of them because I used to be a lot younger and have more testosterone. And mm. now I'm older. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm going to save that testosterone for fun things. Yeah. Uh, I, <laughs> because why Why would you waste it, right? Yeah, why waste uh, it? Why, why waste, it? waste it? Why waste yeah. it when we could do something fun with it? Right. You know? So people forget that it's also the fun hormone as well. It's not just like, Arr, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I was like, yeah, no, we're going to treat this like a healing because it is, even if mm. the person, even if the entity is fighting tooth and nail, mm -hmm. um, they're not having a good time where they are. If they were, they would be behaving themselves. Uh, <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> so I, I treat even like entities that other people would call certain things that have very scary connotations. I call mm -hmm. them a Mr. or Mrs. Grumpy Pants. 
Mm. <laughs> I'm like, because I think they appreciate the, that. <laughs> no, they do not. <laughs> but it makes it a lot less scary for everybody else in the room, which makes a lot less energy mm. that they can draw off of. Yeah. Which is why it's one of the reasons why I do it. Also, because yeah. they are kind of like a toddler, where mm. throwing a tantrum. I'm like, oh, someone didn't get their nap today. You know, God, that pisses them off. I bet <laughs> it might. I mean, but they're already pissed off. So as long as it works, yeah. um, but it, it, you know, and I've had them try to pick fights with me. And like, mm -hmm. I remember one time I had a client and, um, they were out in the lobby where my, you know, I have, there's an atrium in the building that my office is in. I open the door, I look at them and they're sitting there in the chair and I'm, I take one look at them. I'm like, Oh, Oh dear. Get your butt in that office right now. I'm like, I just looked at him like, oh, this is not good. You know, yeah. <laughs> just, and people are like, well, how can you tell? I mean, it wasn't, I, I'd say it wasn't that psych. I just could just, it, it was all over them. And yeah. um, it's usually pretty obvious. Yeah. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure this out. But I remember, you know, in you know, going through, I have a series of questions that I ask, um, a checklist, you know, the curse and possession checklist. Uh, it's one of the <laughs> most useful things I ever came up with because I can just go, because a lot of people will call you and they think, I've got something going on, and really they're just freaking out. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, yeah, this, 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 this. Like, I think I'm going, well, you answered no to all of these, basically, so I'm going to say it's not that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but they answered, yeah, and then this thing was like literally telepathically trying to poke me and get me to do the work right then and there because mm -hmm. it wanted to fight and I was like if it really wants me to do the work right now that means I'm not gonna be the one doing this work so I called up both of my teachers mm. <laughs> we got together a whole group and uh, I was like yep it wants me to fight it so we're gonna do the opposite of that <laughs> mm, yeah Wow this has just been so informative. Well, thanks. Any final thoughts for us? Oh, just keep breathing. Try, you know, mm. give yourself a break. It's where most of us are doing our best. Absolutely. I think it's really easy to lose track of that. Most of us are really doing our best. Some people would say everybody's doing their best. I'm not quite that generous. <laughs> most is good, yeah. Most of us are doing our best. Yeah. And our best is going to vary. And mm -hmm. that our, our spiritual practice is not necessarily to make us feel great all the time. It's to help yeah. us get through, right? Yeah, to be resilient. Um, and some days, you know, it's, it's more of a struggle. And some days it's more invigorating. Um, but, you know, it's something. I, one of the things I've been thinking about is like, you know, as much as I've struggled in the past year or so, with everything that I know, with all the tools that I have. I, you know, I feel, I'm like, oh my gosh, think of someone who has none of these tools. There's none of these abilities, there's none of this background and none of the benefits that I have going for me. And just think, you know, if you want to practice some compassion, you know, think about that. You know, here I am, I'm complaining about the weather. It's so cold outside. I am in a house that is about 69 degrees, mm. you know, yeah, <laughs> with wool socks on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
if you start to spiral a lot, yeah, that's where the positive thinking comes in. Just, it's not so much like ignore what's going, but reframing. Yeah. Uh, what is actually going on? What do I feel about it? You know, how much of that feeling is being directed by what I think should be going on but versus what is? And if that doesn't mean that there's not painful things going on and that you shouldn't acknowledge those things. I think you absolutely should acknowledge those things. But you should also acknowledge the things that are keeping you going. So, like everything, it's balance, you know, and I yeah. think that long Tai Chi background is like when I think about is it this or that because a lot of people want you to choose from one extreme to the other and I'm like it's really not about that it's really about a healthy balance mm -hmm. with everything you know yeah being compassionate with ourselves that's so important it is I used to think becoming more psychically aware or more powerful manifestor, stronger spell work, blah, 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 was going to be the thing that was really, really mattered and would give me a satisfaction in life. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I do want to continue to grow and push those mm -hmm. boundaries of what I'm capable of. But as, as I mature, I'm, I'm noticing it's really not that that is going to affect the overall quality of my life. Mm -hmm. um, it's really about how I treat myself and how I treat others, how I how I uh, can be flexible with things, how I can move with what's going on, and how resilient I can be. And those things are as much a spiritual gift as the second sight. And I would say arguably more important. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So how can listeners get in touch with you? Is there anything you want to promote? Social media, anything like sure. that? Sure. Well, I mean, I've got my website, um, mm -hmm. thomasmooneagle.com, and that's got all my links up there. You know, you can find me on YouTube as well. You know, my name, if you type in my name in Google, a bunch of stuff's going to come up. Most of it good, thank goodness. Uh, <laughs> but, I, you know, I've got my YouTube channels. I've, I've got a Patreon as well, which uh, for people who like to support my YouTube channel and get on my prayer list and, you know, I mean, I don't restrict that to just people who, you know, are on Patreon, but... I do like a monthly healing, group healing uh, teleconference with all my patrons. Um, and so that's that's been wonderful. It's been a great touchstone for me since I started that. I thought like, oh, I'm adding extra work for myself. No, I look forward to those now. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, yeah. Uh, so it's wonderful for that, you know, because it creates like this energetic community. But mm -hmm. I also have um, my book, Drumming Down the Runes, if, you, if you're interested in that, uh, interested in learning about runes and shamanism. And I've got an album through Hemisync called Chords of Light, working with energetic chords uh, for relationship. Hmm. I'll have to check that out, yeah. I like to have my hands in a lot of different pots, both uh, literally and figuratively. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> <laughs> well, it has just been a beautiful experience having you here, so thank you again. Thank you so much. And y'all remember to show Thomas Moon Eagle and all of our guests some love by visiting their websites, checking out their social media, and if it's something you'd like to do, even reach out to them. And don't forget that you can always send me comments or questions by clicking on the link to send a little voice message to me, and I might just use it on one of our episodes. So y'all take care and be blessed. Thank you all for listening to Bell, Book, and Candle. 
You can follow Mella on Instagram and Facebook at Bell Book Candle SC. That's Bell, B-E-L-L-E. Or become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Bell Book Candle.